The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 15th, 2022, season 18, episode number 71. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Nick's out today, but I got the rest of the crew with me, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia. And uh, today is a big picture day. We'll take a look around some different topics around the Cowboys Give you guys some perspective. Uh, Brian's got a game for us that we know I have a game for you guys. Yeah, we will get to here in maybe the second segment. Uh, Before we do that, though, I wanted to start today's show uh, talking a little bit about what happened last night in the National Football League. Uh, I'll say this for myself watching Philadelphia lose made me feel just a tad bit better about what happened the night before because I kind of assumed in my mind. NFC East was lost. You saw it long once, gone already. Yeah, once well, once Green, once you lost to Green Bay, I'm like, okay, this yeah. must be done. And then last night, you see a little crack in the armor, and and now Philly's two, still just two games ahead of you. You still have a game against them, and what you start seeing is this NFC East is going to be tough, not just for the Cowboys, but for every team, including Philadelphia. My question for you guys is: Did anything change in your minds regarding? Those two teams that played last night, or just the NFC East in general, after you watch last night's game? Well, that was one of my questions that I had for you guys today. <laughs> well, and one down. We got it. Yeah, we got and, one and down. we can answer this one. Because okay. one of the questions I had for you guys was should the Cowboys be worried about teams figuring it out for the playoff race? And I had Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Washington, San Francisco. You know, should the Cowboys be worried about the, the and we start to talk about the big picture of things. That all of a sudden, you know, maybe there's some things you're dealing with, and other teams are kind of like, you know, Tampa Bay wins at Germany. Uh, San Francisco finds a way to win a game without Jimmy Garoppolo throwing a touchdown pass. Green Bay is is that a mirage what they did in their game? You know, I, I, I you know, last night the Commanders. I know one thing about the Commanders: they won't let you run the ball. Nope. They will not let you run the football. They they are and one of the one of the worst rushing days you had as a Cowboy team this year was against the Commanders, mm-hmm. and that's with Pollard and Zeke both playing in that football game. So that kind of shows you if you know they figure things out with quarterback wise. There, I think that you know that you know Carson Wentz is due back. He ain't playing. I don't know why you would play Carson Wentz if you're playing. the Commanders. <laughs> you know, just keep keep going. With, yeah. You know, you're winning. You're five and five with this guy. Just yeah. just keep going. The Giants, they look better coached. They're a committed team. They win close games. Mm-hmm. You know, the Eagles last night showed me a little bit of like that you know, certain personnel that they don't have. Whether that's Jordan Davis, guys like that. Well, maybe you can run the ball on them. You know, maybe you can find a way. The Texans ran the ball on them very, very well. Yeah. So I, I think that everybody in this division kind of has their warts. I think they all have their like, hmm, if we could overcome this, we'll be okay. But can we, or is this the fatal flaw mm-hmm. that's going to knock us out of the division race or the playoffs? 
Yeah, and you know the Eagles have been playing really good, but they had it coming. I didn't think it was gonna happen last night against the Commanders, but it did. So that was good. But you know, you, we talked about when we were about to face the Eagles. Brian brought up the whole point of how they perform in the second half, and I think yeah. that has been a trend that they kept up with. Yeah, it's just they just don't perform as well in the second half for whatever the reason. And the thing is, we're getting to that point where, yes, teams are starting to figure out other teams. And that goes back to us, the Cowboys. And that's my biggest concern is now on defense. What the Cowboys are doing against the run, what they're not doing, let's just say, what they're not being able to do against the run. And just having that as a demonstration that other teams can use to look back at yesterday, well, not yesterday, Sunday's game. Look back at Sunday's game, see what the Green Bay Packers were doing, and now take that and kind of apply that when they face the Cowboys. And that that's going to be a problem that doesn't, you know, listening to Dan Quinn talk to the media yesterday, his response, usually I love everything that comes out of his mouth, but his response didn't necessarily give me a lot of, you know, hope or excitement or like thought that this could be fixed rather soon or like quickly it was just like yeah we know we got the right kind of guys they can do it but they just haven't done it just yet so I don't have much hope in that and I am concerned in that whole aspect of what the run defense is but back to your point Derek I think we definitely are at a point where okay now football is gonna get real good now it's gonna be a really competitive season and the Giants, Ryan, you mentioned them, and it's crazy because it's not just catching up to the Eagles and beating them. It's also the Giants. And now, I mean, you got the commanders. I don't think they'll rise to the top, the but thing, they're yeah. making it competitive the, as well. The hope you have that you can figure it out is really what happened with the commanders last night and what happened to them several weeks ago when they played the Eagles before. They gave up nine sacks the first time they played. Last night they gave up three. They figured out that, like, well, Okay, now we can, this is how we pass protect. Maybe it is the quarterback. Maybe it's the running game, having Robinson back. Maybe it is Terry McLaurin and those guys, Dotson on the outside over there. You know, maybe maybe all those things. But that gives you hope if you're the if you're a team that's looking like we couldn't pass protect the first time we played these guys, and to really only give up three sacks. I think that's you know that's pretty that shows you that they they kind of figured a little something out there about playing the uh, playing the Eagles. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw this out. I heard last week Jimmy Johnson was giving an interview and he said something really interesting that I think for me was was validated last night. What he said was, if you notice how Philadelphia goes, your point, Brian, how yeah. Philadelphia kind of plays well in the first half and then it seems like they run into this brick wall. He said that offense is so unique in what it does. It has been what his thought is. It's been taking teams that first half to kind of figure out after watching it, after playing against it, to kind of figure out. Okay, here's what they're doing. Here's what we need to stop. And and once that happens in the second half, teams have, have played a lot better against him. He said he'll be the interesting part is what happens when teams get a chance to play him a second time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we saw last night. I mean, uh, Washington got a chance to play them for a second time, and they didn't look near as lethal as they looked yeah. the first time. That's the part where he was like, I don't know if I'm buying into this Philadelphia team because they have a gimmicky type of offense. And when team when you have a gimmicky type of offense, it can work for you for a while. At some point, teams catch up, 
And that's what we'll have to watch over these next several weeks. And as you said, Amber, maybe the same thing can be said about the Cowboys' defense as well. Like it's it, it kind of is is all predicated on their ability to get to the quarterback. Well, if you take that part out of the game, does that now kill you because you can't stop the run? Now is when football gets really, really interesting, as you mentioned. So here's the question for you guys. If you had to look at every team in the NFC East and and basically rate them from worst matchup for the Cowboys to to easiest matchup for the Cowboys, how would you rate them? That's a great question. Uh, I think Philadelphia is the most difficult because of all the weapons they do have. I think tactically, defensively, the commanders give you a lot of problems because they can cover and they can create turnovers. Mm -hmm. So that would be a problem. And then I think the Giants would be third because they've somehow figured out how to win late in games if it's close. So I would go Philly, Commanders, Giants is what I would is how I would rank them. But I think they all they all have something that's very unique because of like I say personnel with the Eagles, uh, the the defense with the the Commanders, and then that ability to finish off games with the Giants. I would like to give you something different, but I absolutely agree with that. And I think although the Cowboys, I do believe 100% that they can beat Philadelphia next time we face them on, what is it, Christmas? Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. I think they can definitely beat them, but they will. They can give you the most issue just because of what we talked about in the past, the combination between the running game and their quarterback, and their quarterback being – a mobile guy that can get out of the pocket and run, and that clearly is the uh, the part of the game where this defense struggles the most. And when you don't have, and we'll see how the the offense is performing from this point on forward. If they do decide to add a wide receiver, or whatever happens at the receiver position, but right now you have to. Make sure in all of those games, your offense is being able to score points and not get back into that, like, hitting that wall where you're just not really moving the chains and now you're taking a step back rather than forward, which I thought was going to be the turning point was that Bears game to me against Chicago, what they did there. I started thinking, okay, here we go. We got the, the the perfect combination here, the perfect recipe. But then what you saw in Green Bay... Even though they scored points and kept it competitive, it's just there are a lot of unanswered questions that they're going to have to figure out soon. How concerned are you guys at this point about Washington? Because if you look at the the, the schedule coming up, the next yeah. two games, the Cowboys have teams that have better records than they do. You can say what you want about the Giants. Yeah, the yeah. Cowboys beat them. Right now they have a better record than they do. Obviously you got to play uh, the Minnesota Vikings this week. That being said, how concerned are you that Washington's not far off you? They're a game and a half behind you at this point. How far? How much concern? I am. I'm very concerned because I, I think they're good defensively. I think that they and they've they've got Chase Young back, and I think that helps them in a lot of ways. And their secondary, I think they find ways to cover. They have a lot of confidence in this quarterback. You know that that makes a huge difference when you start to talk about when you look at the Commanders. You could always say that with Carson Wentz, he was going to make mistakes. Yeah. He was going to drop the ball in the pocket. He was going to fumble. There is a belief that that Taylor Heineke can get it done. He's one. I mean, he's he's finished games. I mean, he is the one guy that when it's when it's been tough, he's come up with plays. They don't score a hell of a lot of points, mm-hmm. but they find a way. And that, that that concerns me because, like I said, the one team you looked really bad running the football against was the Commanders. 
You know, that front, it can be very, very difficult to block. Mm-hmm. And we'll see, we'll see what the Cowboys' offensive line situation is at that point. You know, will, will, it, will there be – I don't know if it will necessarily be the same line that we're talking about today for the Cowboys that will play in that game at the end of the year. Yeah. I'm not extremely concerned, but I'm keeping my eyes on them for sure because this is definitely – you're at the part of the season where – I think this is the turning point for everyone in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You either start picking up some steam or you start losing your shine. And this is where things kind of start taking a turn. So the fact that they beat the it Eagles. It happened last year with the Cowboys offensively. Uh, Everything yeah, that went yeah. was going and good it went and, yeah. and it went south. Yeah. And it happens every year to a lot of yeah. teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, there's, there are some teams right now that are not that good, that people think are not that good. Yeah. That are going to get on a run. Just I know that. Tam- I, I think Tampa. I think Tampa is one of those teams. Yeah, I do too. I, 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 I do, do too. Yeah. So we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. But I mean, just the fact that they finally someone beat the Eagles. It, it, I mean, you got to look at a team like the Commanders and what they're currently doing and see if they start kind of changing the narrative here. Yep. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into a little game. Brian asked for us. We'll do that when we come right back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far with up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less. The satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. 
Give the gift of the Cowboys this holiday season with the Dallas Cowboys United membership. Give your superfan an annual fan club membership and a fan pack for as little as 20 bucks this season. Oh, no. This Tis, tis the, season, the season, not yes. this. No, tis, tis the, the season. season. Yeah. <laughs> Learn more at DallasCowboys.com slash United. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. This segment, those brought to you by blockchain.com. Brian, Thank game you. time. What you got? <laughs> okay, uh, Ambar. Oh, great. First question for you today. <laughs> Which helps the Cowboys right now? Fix the run defense or add Odell Beckham? <laughs> Odell. I I mean yes, there are concerning issues on the defense right now, but I still have you're making that face, Derek. No. Sorry. Is my face giving it is my face giving things away? I'm sorry. I'll hide it. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I, I, I do think there's more talent on defense overall. I think that with Dan Quinn, and yes, this is an area he, he doesn't seem to find the answer just yet. But you got the bodies somewhat. I don't know. I just I think I'd rather score more points on offense. And I think that you can clearly see some of the struggles at the wide receiver position mm-hmm. and add in a guy like him, mm-hmm. we would have to see where he's at physically. Right. But if he's back in shape and all that, that dynamic player, I think definitely just gives a whole new life to the offense. I don't disagree from the standpoint it does change the dynamics of the offense. However, I am a big believer in if you cannot stop the run, you will take this defense that we think is a very good defense mm-hmm. and you'll turn them into a very pedestrian defense because they'll never get to use their superpower. The superpower is go get the quarterback. Yeah. Teams are basically saying, you can't go get the quarterback because we're just going to keep running the ball. And I don't care. Here's the deal. They don't even care how much of a lead you get. Yeah. They're going to keep running the ball. When you get to that kind of scenario, that means every team in the league knows it's a problem. And by the way, when you get to the playoffs, like right now, Cowboys can make it work against the Lions. They can make it work against the Bears. They can still beat those teams even though they give up a ton of yards on the ground. And I know Nick was saying it's not killing them. Yeah, it's not killing them against those teams. But when you play a team that has a, a tactical surgeon at quarterback and you tell him, hey, I'm going to have you throw half the number of times, but on those I need you to hit a dime, right? They like can what Rodgers did yeah, the other day. They can do yeah. it, and they can yeah. do it like, oh, we're going to run the ball all day and then – I got 10 plays. I got to actually just like make that perfect pass. And by the way, in those 10, 10 plays, most likely the defense is not ready for it because you've been running it. So they're all just frazzled trying to figure out how we're going to stop this run, how we're going to stop this run. And then before you know it, bam, receiver passed you. That's why you get those receivers open. I just think this is a big – and I've been saying it since week three. Yeah. yeah, The Cowboys need to learn how to stop the run. And it keeps getting worse and worse and worse because teams are realizing how bad they are at it, and teams are going to keep challenging them. And and I think that's their. I think that is the biggest problem that's facing this team right now. You know no no question about it. What's interesting though, because I was more on on that whole thought of like, well, it's not necessarily killing them just yet. So I I'll take that all day. But even in games like if you go back to Green Bay and you look at what they did, yes, they were running the ball throughout the game, but they. They stayed in the like they kept them kind of put until the fourth quarter came. How differently would it have been had the Cowboys scored when they needed to? 
See, I would, I would, I'm, I would have said she's absolutely right about having Odell Beckham on fourth and three because you'd have found a way to get him the ball or you find a way to convert along the way. I, I, I hear what you're saying because the most demoralizing thing you could do to a team is run the football mm-hmm. and they can do nothing about it. That's the most demoralizing thing. I, I, that cold weather games turn to really cold standing on the sidelines when the other team's just running the ball on you and you can't do anything about it. But, but here's, here's why I look at it. I actually think the San Francisco 49ers will end up winning their division. And I think there's a good chance that Dallas, wherever they end up, just because of the fate of the football gods, mm-hmm. they will have to go to San Francisco and play San Francisco. You play that team and yeah. you can't stop the run your chances of winning that game go down significantly because right. they're going to play good defense. Yeah. And by the way, their the quarterback way to, doesn't throw for the touchdown. way to beat them yeah. is make their quarterback have to beat you. Yeah. If you never can get to a point in the game where you force their quarterback to have to win the game, yeah. good luck trying to beat that team. And that's my point. You get to these playoff games, and either you're going to be playing a team that if you can't stop them from running, you can't force them in that kind yeah. of situation, or they have a quarterback that if you put them in that situation for a few times a game, they're going to make those critical throws and win that ball game. I just... I just I know Odell Beckham will do a lot for this offense. I know he will change the dynamics of this offense, and that's all assuming he's healthy and can mm-hmm. be the Odell that we've seen in the past. But I just don't know if that's yeah. enough in the playoffs if you can't stop the run. Yeah. I'll take either one. <laughs> just whichever one you want to give in. A, Go I'll for it. it, Derek. Yes, Jason Peters is now working at tackle only. Does that mean that Tyler Smith is going to move to guard eventually? I don't think so. I saw nothing during training camp that suggested they thought Tyler Smith was a better guard than Connor McGovern. And so that makes me that makes me think unless unless they've seen something at tackle that translates to guard, which that's hard to do when he's been playing tackle. And I think by the way, I think Connor McGovern has played pretty well. This mm-hmm. last game he had some miscues, yeah. but all great all season, the plays, looking, not just yeah, the looking, two. Yeah. Looking at the whole season, I think he's yeah. had a really good season. I don't change that. I, I personally don't change the offensive line. But that all being said, if you're going to put Tyron back in, that means to me that, that Tyler is going to the bench. It's my personal opinion. Ooh. So you're saying he's not going to play at all. He's going to go to the bench. If, if Tyron Smith comes back, he's a, he's a, if he's a backup he's gonna, player. Yes, if he's going to be – one of those two guys is going to be a backup tackle, in my opinion. I just don't see a scenario where you flip him out when he hasn't shown during training. Like, they wanted him in that spot, yeah. and he couldn't take McGovern's job. Good and McGovern has played well. Good point. Ambar, Jason Peters working at tackle only means that Tyler Smith is moving to guard. Your opinion on that? No, I think I agree with Derek. And the thing is, we, we're we not looking at Connor McGovern as a young player anymore. You know, but he still is. He's still right. a young player. So I think... Ideally, you want to keep your guys where they're at and not, or try to make the least changes as possible in the line because that changes everything. The the moment you change someone out, you know the dynamic changes. You're not really working anymore with the person you've been communicating with the whole time. So even though they practice with each other all the time, it's I, I just I could see it happening, but in but I don't think so. I don't think so that, that they'll move that. They'll just. Maybe sit. I asked Stephen Jones this question about because there used to be a time Stephen always talks about continuity and the, the best five and all that and playing it that way. The fact that they were interested in moving or getting Jason Peters and giving him reps at guard and letting him play guard and shuffling guys in and out. I think they're going to move tight. I, I don't know this. I'm just saying this from what I'm I'm reading the tea leaves mm-hmm. here, as they say. I think with Peters working at tackle, that's going to back up Tyron Smith. Yeah. And then they're going to focus on, and then McGovern is going to back up 
Tyler Smith at, or you know at, at guard. I, what I don't, have you I seen don't, from a govern? What have you seen I, from a govern? It, it's not bad. It's yeah. not. It's not bad enough to pull him out of the lineup. But I think they also want Tyler Smith to play. You know, I think they really do. I think they're like, listen, we can get him work at tackle. We get him work at guard. He, you know, the majority of training camp was at guard. You're right. He didn't beat McGovern out, but I could see them saying, no, we need him playing. We need him playing. And, you know, or they could just say, you know, like we're, we're happy to have Tyron Smith back, but he's going to be a backup. See, that's the way I look at it more is, and I, we were talking to, to see by Peters moving now, taking work at tackle. That's what gave me that thought that they're going to move Tyler Smith. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just kind of where I was at right now. You know, the the thing that I always think about, or not always, that it just comes to mind when talking about this, is professional players that have way more years of experience. For example, Zach Martin. He can definitely play both positions. Right. We saw him do it. But the fact that he voices, no, this is, this is where I want to be type right. of situation – we heard it even back in the day with Lyle Collins when he's like, no, I don't want to play there. I want to play here. So we've heard it with guys like that. And it leads me to think, okay, what's really the difference here between the two positions? Like, so taking that, I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, you Taking are. those words into like, okay, the scenario now with the younger player, what makes me think that a younger player would be comfortable doing that when a veteran guy with years and years of experience because the, the rookie they, player, the rookie player has no say. They absolutely <laughs> they're, they're, don't. They, he has no say. Maybe, maybe when you get the skins on the wall of like Zach Martin, where like you know, it's like, hey, I'll play tackle if you really want me to, but I would prefer not to play tackle. The kind of thing. It's no, like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. They'll play wherever they need to yeah, play. Yeah. But my thing is like performing. Can he give you what you need? Level wise, like, yeah. can he give you the type of game that you're looking for when you move him from tackle to guard and vice versa? Yeah, I don't know. No, I, 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 I see exactly what you're saying. Okay, uh, Ambar, are you going to see more big games from CD Lamb, or was that just a one off? Uh, I hope we do see. <laughs> big games from him. I don't think it's a one-off because we've seen him. I think we all agree that he has the talent. He can do it. It just hasn't been consistent. And it's it's either him or maybe it's the pass from the quarterback. So it's just getting on the same page. You know, it's not like it's all on him or all right. on the other guys. It's been a combination of both things between him and and whoever is that quarterback, whether that was Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott now. So I think if the season hits and takes a turn to the the right way for the Cowboys, they can finally start clicking on offense and he can start shining as a receiver. But I do think he needs the help at number two as well. Michael go. Gallup needs yeah. to elevate his game as well for him to be more successful. It depends. What do you call in a big game? Because obviously that was a career day, 11 yeah. for 150. Well, I, I don't more, think he's going to do games. that every— I yeah. said games. Thinking, I don't know that he's going to do that all the time. 100-yard games. Yeah, 100-yard games. Okay, let's say somewhere between 90 and 110 every yeah. week. I, I think you're going to see—it it depends on how the Cowboys play it. If the Cowboys continue to want to run the ball, which they should, 
this last game, they got out of whack. Right. That's why his numbers were up, in my opinion. That's not what they should be doing. And that's not about CeeDee Lamb. That's about the quarterback. And that's that's more about I want to limit the amount of times I'm asking him to throw and I want to run the ball more. If that happens, I think where the sweet spot is for, for CeeDee Lamb is five to six receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like That's where his sweet spot should be. And if he's doing that, to me, that's probably a better that's a better recipe for this team mm-hmm. for success than him putting up those 150 yards of yeah. losing. Yeah. Yeah. That means yeah. to me, if he's putting up those kind of numbers, in most instances, that means they've been throwing the ball way too much, <laughs> and I don't want to see. It. Yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to see that. I think their success yeah. this year has been about running the ball, play good defense. Yeah, I think you got that right. Okay, my final question for you guys here on this one, uh, Derek. Has Dan Quinn been masking problems all year and opponents are starting to figure it out on defense? I don't know if he's been masking it because we've been seeing this all year. Okay, I actually think it's just getting worse because teams have just decided, oh, yeah, what they did, we could do the same thing. So I don't know if he was masking it so much. I just think the teams have figured out this is how you beat Dallas. This is what you do. At least this gives you the best chance to beat Dallas. And then you go in and see if you could do it. Uh, but if you can run the ball, you got a shot against Dallas. Ambar, has he been masking the problems all year? I wouldn't use the word masking per se. I would just say it is what <laughs> it is. It's the fact that it hasn't, like going back to that, I don't, it hasn't been killing you. You've been better at other things. You've been better at pressuring the quarterback. And that has been the part that has shined from your game is pressuring and maybe getting some turnovers as well. That kind of has dropped down a little bit. I hope they can get better at that again. But I don't think it was more masking. It just was the fact that it wasn't necessarily being as exposed. And now teams are taking advantage of that, which now – reflects more on what you see happening on the game. I, I think you both I, mean, I think you both made great points on this. I, I think what too, Derek, the point you bring up about teams are like, listen, we can run the ball and just stay with Dallas because offensively Dallas, yeah, they might drive it on you one time. They might drive it on you two times. They can't drive it on you three or four times. You know, they they'll they will make mistakes along the way. They'll get a holding, they'll get some type of penalty, they'll have a turnover, you know. That's that's how you play Dallas now. You sit there and you you say, okay, fine. They can't stop the run that keeps the pass rush off us. Keep the game close. If they have to drive at the end of the game to go win the game, they probably can't do it because they can't get out of their own way with a penalty or or a turnover. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, it seems like to me a, a really good way to play Dallas right now. And I think there's some things. I think Dan knows that his defense can't play toe-to-toe with anybody right now against the run. So you see him with the movement and the twists and things like that. And some of those things have been problematic for them. You know, like that, they didn't, they, I mentioned it yesterday. You know, the touchdown run that, that Jones had where he was really untouched was a twist stunt that wasn't executed. And that's Dan Quinn saying, okay, I can't play these guys straight up. Mm-hmm. I have to do something different here. And then his players not execute well enough. So I don't know. But I, I'll think of another word other than masking, though, for the radio this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you this. I, I look at, at how what I thought of this team and how they played defensively early in the season. They have been far less impactful, I think, 
as the se- as the yeah. season has gone on. And I think that's all about the fact that teams have said we're just not going to allow you to rush to do what you do best, yeah. right? Yeah. And and by the way, that needs to catch up with the guys in the locker room. And what I mean by that is those coaches need to tell them guys for and I think McCarthy said it in his, his press conference earlier this week. Mm-hmm. You privilege I mean rushing is a privilege. Yeah. You earn that by stopping the run. I would literally be telling if I'm Quinn, like right now, our our performance is not dictated by us rushing at all. Yeah, first, sacks, first, sacks aren't who we are anymore. Right. First and yeah. foremost, the only thing we're focused on is rush. Stop the rusher. Yeah. Stop the rusher. Play solid rush defense. Like that would be my my complete focus. If we come out of the game with no sacks, but we hold the other team under 100 yards rushing, I feel that's a great win. about that. That's a yeah. win. Yeah. And and then if you can do that three, four, five weeks in a row. Maybe teams will step away from that strategy of we can run the ball against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Then you might get the opportunity to start rushing again. But right now, it's it's at a it's at a all time high. Every team facing Dallas is thinking, we're running the ball, yeah. and we're going to keep running the ball." You know. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We got some more questions, Brian. Right? That's it. That's it. That's oh, we it. got some more. No, that's it. All right. I got, thought you had something else going we on. Do have some, we can do some other stuff. Okay. Cool. We'll take a break. We'll come back. <laughs> it's DallasCowboys.com radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to the break. 
Two icons, one night. Music legends Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks will perform at AT&T Stadium on Saturday, April 8th. 2023. Tickets are now on sale at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing work provider of AT&T Stadium. Get yours today. You know what gets me? What? It's my accent. Hearing myself, hearing my own accent. Yeah. That, that gets Distracting. you? Nicks, Stevie, <laughs> things like that that stands out in my head. But anyways. You're yes, such a get perfectionist. Your, you are such a perfectionist. Stuff. All right. Welcome back. Final segment of the Break Life in the SWBC Borgia Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I have one question for you guys. We've got about seven minutes. I want to talk about this a little bit. Tony Pollard in this last game had 22 carries for 115 yards, 5.2 average, one touchdown. Um, Malik Davis also added in five carries for 38 yards, 7.6 average. Uh, this was a back-to-back 100-yard game. First time that that, that uh, Pollard has done that in his career with the Dallas Cowboys. He had a season-high 22 carries in this game. He had a season-high uh, percentage of snaps played, 87%. That would be 72 snaps. Are there still questions in your mind about his durability or his ability to, to carry the full load? Wish they'd have handed it to him about eight more times I know, in right? that game. <laughs> right? Even though even though Malik did a nice job, I me personally, as bad as the Cowboys run defense or as in question as it was, I kind of feel like that if Zeke would have played that game, Dallas might have won that game. I think, you think I, they would run a little bit more? I think I think the combination of of Elliott and Pollard would have really they could have wore these guys down and kept their offense off the field from running the football. Maybe that's something too you have to think about instead of keeping explosive offenses off the field. You know, keep the other team's offense off the field from running the football. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I, I really do believe that they had a really good combination thing going with and, and and Davis, like I said, I thought Davis stepped in. The thing that was a little disheartening is because they, they ran a play with him and I mentioned it yesterday, I'll bring it up today, right before Dak's interception where the spacing problems were, you know, with, with Schultz and C D, that interception there in the red zone. I mean, they try to run a screen to Malik Davis, and you know, it's like, oh, maybe you're catching them a little bit off guard, you know. But you're kind of feeling like that maybe if Zeke or Pollard was in there, who has plays a lot more, that has a little bit better feel for how to fake and then kind of leak into the flat, you know, maybe that's a completion that gets you down to the goal line, and now you're not throwing the ball. You know, you, you, it's not it's not third and eleven, and you're not trying to to force a pass. So. I, I, I think that I think that that's that, a really interesting take. But because yeah. I, I don't I'm trying to visualize it, but I can't like fully buy into that idea that if Zeke was in there, well, the, if, if how you, different it would have looked. Well, the, the to me when sometimes when you have players that like Zeke and Pollard get those reps all the time. You know, they, they, they work the screen stuff and, and things like that. So maybe it's a little bit different feel. It's experience. Oh, he'll be better. Malik Davis will be better next time if they they run a screen because he'll like, okay, well, I, I, have to, I can't go that far up in the line. Mm-hmm. I got to leak a little quicker. I don't have to get a block here. I got to just, you know, his whole thing is be available. Don't get caught while the blockers are all out front and then you're trapped back inside. You know, veteran players kind of have an escape route in their mind because they've run these plays enough that all of a sudden Zeke's like, okay, I'm going to flash like I'm going to block and then I'm going to go. I'm not going to get caught up in all the mess trying to help, you know. And I think that's where, that's how I think the play, you know, sometimes sequence of plays lead to others and you're like, 
damn it. Well, the the Packers they had a, they had an opportunity on the uh, strip sack by by uh, Tank. They run a route and they they got guys wide open. I mean, literally, if Rodgers can get the ball out, it's a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They had two guys wide open on the play, and it just shows you how these plays, when you call them, the idea is absolutely right. The execution of it is, but uh, but yeah, to your question, Pollard, no questions about his durability at all. No yeah. questions. I will say this: in the the final touchdown drive that the Cowboys had, Malik Davis. Uh, he had some really good runs. In he had that some drive. really physical he had a, runs. He had a five-yard run to start the, the possession. Yeah. Then he had a seventeen-yard run. Right. Then he had a fourteen-yard run later in the possession, right before the thirty-five-yard touchdown pass to C.D. Lamb. Yeah. And it made me think they maybe should have, if you wanted more running, yeah. maybe you should have been using him a little bit more throughout the game rather than going so heavy on Pollard throughout the game right. and then waiting until you get to that situation or that point in the game to really use him. I would have maybe used him a few more series in the game where yeah. where you kind of get him out there and and just kind of give him the ball, keep giving him the ball and see what happens. They had a vision for the player. They did. They were one of the few when you watch tape last year, you're like, wow, this guy's in a rotating system. He doesn't get very many opportunities to yeah. carry the ball at Florida. He catches the ball okay. I mean, all right, pass blocker. They they had an idea of what this kid was like, and we saw it in the preseason. You know, the more they handed it to him, the harder it was mm-hmm. for defenders to have to deal with. He's it. a handful. Yeah, he is. He's a he's an he's an awesome player when it comes to the physicality that what he plays with in a game. Yep, and that's where I think they could have really used him a little bit more in yeah. this game because I do think when you get into cold weather situations, I think having those kind of bruising backs. Amber, you said it before the game, like it hurts a little differently in the cold, right? Yeah. And and taking on a guy like that that's more of a bruiser, yeah. I think it's a little harder mental challenge to step in front of that freight train, that freight train, and try to make a stop when that guy's coming at you. It's it's one of the things we'll be looking well, at when the Cowboys play Tennessee in late yeah. December, right? The Cowboys the Cowboys are in a situation where you can see that with the other opponents and then the running when especially the ball goes to the perimeter. Yeah. You see how much people are really interested in making those tackles. No doubt. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on tomorrow. We'll get into uh, next game. Cowboys will be facing, where am I right now? Who Vikings. Got Vikings, yeah, Vikings. So Cowboys plays Vikings. So we'll get into Vikings offense tomorrow against the Cowboys defense. You guys need for- to go back to Manny's. Yeah, right. We do, actually. That's a good idea. Yeah, go get your reservation. That is a really good idea. And I'm hungry right now anyway, so that's that's really a great idea. All right. For Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleson. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!